share the creativity of Ursula Freer with you, especially her work called Swirling Electrons, which we used as our background for our logo. The beautiful sweeping lines of blue and purple are mesmerizing conceptual depiction of electrons floating in free space. You can enjoy more of Ursula Freer's work at Fine Art America website. That's www.fineartamerica.com. On this website, you can purchase her art as a wall hanging, stationery, and even a phone case. So please visit Ursula Freer at www.fineartamerica.com. Hi, I'd like to talk a little bit about kids and coding. Today, many kids around the world, as young as seven years old, are coding. Their minds are stimulated by interactive graphics, storytelling, and logic as they code. Simple game building engages the children's mind with creativity, math, language, and spatial awareness. But don't let us forget problem solving and analytical thinking. All of this while they're having fun, learning how to code. At Code Ninjas of Midland Park, that's exactly what kids get to do. Call today at 201-888-1234 or visit Code Ninjas national site and put in your zip code at www.codeninjas.com. There are over 200 Code Ninjas across the country and you probably have one near you. Okay, guys, welcome. This is Totally Code. So look, uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of things about coding, but this is not really technical. We're not, not, not going to tell you how to program, and, but we're going to just talk about history of code, where code's been, where does it come from, where is it going, how does it change our life, uh, some famous people that have uh, written some really cool stuff and then maybe later on we'll talk about things like the space program and race cars with code. So that's uh, where we're at. I'm here with my lovely wife Charlotte. Hello. Hello. So you want to do the intro? Go for it. No, that was good. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that was good. Oh, so we should just rock and roll. Yeah. Okay. So I'm ready if you are. I'm ready. Okay. Go ahead. So, Bob, what would you like to talk about today for our first podcast? Oh, come on. I was going to rely on you to do that. Really? Yes. Give me a hint. Hello, world. Hello, world. Right. Isn't that one of your favorite things? Well, can I tell my little story right now? Of course you can tell your story. So I was sitting with an employee watching over him as he was teaching a child some programming. I believe it was in Python, this particular class. And they started with the first thing that they did was print in quotes or semicolons or something like that. Hello, world. And I thought, boy, that's kind of catchy. Little did I know that everyone prints Hello, world. <laughs> That's right. So I did a little research on this, and I wrote some notes. I can't remember all this stuff, but I think you have some notes there. So it says, on those notes, it says who who wrote that first, right? Yeah, it does. Um, back in 1974 at Bell Labs. Right. Does it give a name? Brian Kennerham. There you go, everybody. Brian Kennerham, Bell Labs. A Canadian computer scientist. 
There you go. See, isn't this fun? I guess so. <laughs> okay. A little nerve-wracking. Well, let's just talk about Hello World for a second. I mean, you know what? If you're inside computers, computer science, I mean, you see this all the time. But if you're outside, this is, you probably haven't even heard of it. But this is kind of the the go-to first thing you write. So when you when you start a new language and you want to test the language, just make sure you kind of get your bearings you're gonna you're gonna find the output command, and you're gonna find the text and write "Hello World." Hmm. So, um, what language was the first language this "Hello World" was written in? Oh, geez. Do you have some notes that I don't have over there? So, uh, I'm gonna guess. Well, I think it was programming think it was C. in C. It was C. Yeah. Yeah. I did a little research on uh, C. Why is it called C? And then there was a language before C. What do you think that was called? Well, I, I found out B. B. Like, that lacks real creativity. <laughs> right. That's how we end up with C. I was going to ask you, like, what did C stand for? And obviously, all it stands for is the follow-up of B. Right. And then, uh, then you know, before B was not really A, but was assembly language. So... You know, this, you know, so okay. that's kind of where it all starts. So uh, we can bore you to death talking about different kinds of languages. We might save that for another episode. So we'll warn you ahead of time. Do you remember who wrote in the language of B? I, I, you know what? I did this research. I just don't remember who. Dennis Ritchie. Dennis Okay, so he's very famous. So he wrote, uh, not only did he write B, he, he wrote C. Oh. Right. And okay. there's some famous, uh, you know, computer science books that... You know, he wrote. So he wrote the basically the go-to guide on C. So, and then you ended up with C++, right? That one I've heard so, of. So you, we've got really creative here, right? Okay, well, let's let's go back a little bit. You want to go back? Yeah, just, like, let's talk a little bit about what is code. Okay. okay. I mean, we've talked about languages. Right. But what's code? Well... I'm not really sure where we're going with this because I know I did prepare some stuff that you're uh, kind of prompting me with, but, you know, what is code? So you want to prompt me? Well, code is what controls a computer. Okay, you got it. So basically maybe you would talk about a little bit about what a computer is, what a function is, talk about a processor, a hard drive network, screen, memory. I mean, all this I'm reading because I don't know any of this, so enlighten me. (laughs) All right, guys. So, look. Start uh, with what is a computer? Right. So, what's a computer? So, a computer's a machine, right? So, but the important thing about a computer is it's called a general processing machine because it can be, it can do almost anything. Now, it can't do things like robotic stuff. I mean, it can control robotics, but you can make that general processor do any number of things. So, like for example, it's not a cal- it can be a calculator, but a calculator can only do one thing. So, a calculator's got a chip, right? And uh, but and it's programmed to do one thing, you know, add numbers, divide, do some advanced mathematics. Uh, but that's it. That's all it can do. Um, you know, if you did have one of these Can you give me uh, an example of a processor? Is that the Intel processor on my computer? Right, right. So on your, well, today they have more than just the Intel, but the Intel is the go-to processor, right? So, um, you know, you do have AMD chips, but, you know, we're kind of dancing around here. I mean, to answer your question, what's a computer? So 
it's a processor. So the processor takes instructions and performs manipulation on data. So that's really what it does. But it can't do it all by itself. The processor is just one thing. Is that so, where the hard drive comes in? Well, that's where memory is, right? So hard drive mm. is, is, is a type of memory. Okay. Right? Hard drive is permanent memory, right? Permanent to an extent. We, we call it persistent, right? So it's, it's not going to go away. Uh, on board the computer, you have random access memory, which is temporary, right? So the computer needs to have data somewhere, and where it's going to always get its data is from the, the RAM, the random access memory. Um, so the processor works very closely with the random access memory, and there are things called buses that run back and forth and get the memory for the processor. Okay, and how does the network play into all this? Is there more than one computer with a network, or is it one network, one computer, one network? How does that all work? Right. So, you know, networking is key. So communication is probably more important than processing. So we, you know, in society, communication is key, right? So we got cell phones and stuff. So network is how do computers talk to each other, right? So, you know, you connect, they're connected to each other. Now you have, you know, we all are used to the internet. We can all link our machines together with fancy software but the network is the way that a computer gets out onto hardware and then can communicate with another computer so when you talk about communication we're talking about languages languages we, I know a couple different languages C, C++, Unix a couple different languages maybe Unix is an operating system maybe it's not a language um, but what does that have to do with code? Does well, code, okay. Is code the instruction that's written in a certain language? Right, right. So let's talk about the core code. So we talked about a processor, right? Mm-hmm. So the processor, there's all sorts of different processors. They have what's called instruction sets. So those instruction sets do really simple things. They like go get a, go get a piece of data from memory or put data into a bucket and then they can have two buckets next to each other and they can add those two buckets together so there's these instruction sets so they're very very low level we call them object code so it's real low level kind of or another thing is we call it machine code so when people talk about uh, machine code or binary code it's it's what the processor understands but there's a there's a gap between what does the processor understand and what does a human understand? And that's where we come up with the languages because, you know, in a computer language, you can write almost English, right? You can say, if this, then that, right? Well, that's, that's English. We understand that. But to a computer processor, that's a lot of different instructions. It's got to keep track of what is this? And if, what about if? What about if? What are you trying to test? with uh, this, you know, is is A equal to 7? Well, the processor's got to put, uh, it's got to know what A is. A belongs to something, right? A is a bucket, right? There's a number in the bucket. I, I know I'm going a little crazy here, but, you know, A has 3. So, if does 3 equal 7? No, the answer is no. But the processor has all these little moves that it does in the instruction set that the humans don't understand 
you know, a normal human. I'm sure there's some human out there that can read object code or machine code. But, uh, you know, there's this translation between language, whether it be English or another language, it really doesn't matter, but uh, between uh, written language that humans understand and then it translates to machine language that the computer understands. Okay, so we have this computer language out there. And where is that stored? Is it stored in memory? And what kind of memory? Is it stored on the hard drive? Where's your code stored? Okay, uh, the code. Your, your code is going to be saved on in a file on a hard drive. Okay, and right. what about this random or read-only memory? All right, so getting back to what's a computer. So, oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> the, uh, the read only That's memory. That's good you is, know where I'm going I, because I'm not really sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, read only memory. So let's just go back to the other kinds of data that we had. We had uh, data on a hard drive, uh, which is uh, stored you know, permanently. Then we had data that was temporary in the machine that the processor is accessing. That's random access memory, or we call RAM. And then you have read-only memory, which is ROM. So read-only memory is very special because it's, it's what we call burned in. So it's burned into the computer. So it's permanent. It never changes. So... So is that the kind of memory that you need to wipe when you turn in your computer so no one can see all your data? Uh, that's a good question. That's It's actually you can't. So oh. what you are wiping is not really any of the ROM or RAM. You're really wiping the hard drive, right? You know. Okay. And the hard drives are sophisticated and you can hide stuff and all sorts of you know crazy things. But um, Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> so... Um, so if I had to physically remove one, I would physically remove that hard drive just in case I didn't want any files out there. You would crush that hard drive with a sledgehammer. I would. Probably take it apart and then cut it with scissors. And then if there's any plastic parts, I would definitely melt them. You might. Yeah, I would. Okay, I that's what I you would do. I definitely would. I mean, we could do a whole show on how do you destroy memory and how do you wipe machines clean. Let's do it. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. Somebody write that down. All right, so what's next? I mean, we were talking about ROM. Well, with ROM, right. your read-only memory, it's burned in. What's the purpose of that? Um, it's the base of the computer, and without this base, right. would the computer work? No, and we're going, what you're leading to, which I want your help on, is this thing called boot, Right. So what is what is boot? When you boot, you know everybody knows the, the term like reboot, because everybody's done it. Everybody had to reboot their machine. As a matter of fact, we had to reboot something before we started today on the podcast. So uh, reboot is a term taken from boot, um, but you can help out a little bit here. So boot is actually comes from another word that's really an American cowboy word. Right. 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 And, uh, so what's that? Well, cowboys couldn't do anything until they put their boots on. Right. And they needed to put their boots on, and they had to use boot straps to pull up the boots. So when we say boot, we're referring to the boot straps to turn everything on, to pull it all on, to get it ready to go. 
Yeah, and I, I was really intrigued. I mean, you know, it's silly. You just, go to, you just go to the Internet and put in Wiki and then find something. But I wanted to see what does bootstrap really mean. And it's got actually a deeper meaning. So bootstrapping, this, this, this tech, this Western cowboy term, really means self-sufficient. That the cowboy can put on his boots by himself and be independent, self-sufficient, and that's really what bootstrapping on a computer is, because that ROM makes that computer self-sufficient. Without that read-only memory chip sitting there, that's permanent, never can be erased. That's got all the the, the goodies on it that that allow that computer to come up, and then um, you know this is more of a computer tech show, but um, or a thing. I mean, if you do, uh, what do we what do we call that thing? That um, system BIOS. So the system BIOS is how people can change the configuration of a machine. Well, that interrupts. The Whoa. Boot. Okay, sorry. Whoa. You gotta stop. <laughs> Whoa. Let's go back to the basics. All right, go back. Where we where we gotta. So go. anyway, I think I had bootstrapping cowboys and booting a little mixed up. The cowboys have the boots. Right. The boots have bootstraps on them. Right. The cowboys pull on the bootstraps to pull the boots up and everything gets going. Right. Now, the word bootstrapping it means self-sufficient. So relating that to the computer, the computer is self-sufficient. You press the button, you pull the bootstrap up, and it starts. Right. You, you, Mama, you got it. Okay, I got it. All, All right. right. So we're done with that topic. Yep. Next. <laughs> Next. Okay, let's move on. So what does code look like? Well, it depends what you're talking about. Like, I know a little bit about Scratch, which is blocks. And then I've seen words all strung together and the syntax has to be correct. Right. So why is there all, I guess it's all different languages have all different uses of um, how they produce their code. Right. Is that true? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, yeah, there's lots of different... Have I gotten too deep? No, no, that's fine. There's lots of different languages. Um, you know, I'm just thinking here which direction to go. Um, you know, there's simple ones that... Uh, they all have trade-offs, right? They all have benefits. Like, for example, this Scratch that you're talking about. So just for some context, Scratch is a kid language that comes out of MIT. And it's open source. Well... You don't have to worry about what you just said, which was syntax. So syntax is like getting the words like right, like in English, like spelling, like you know, it's got to be the right. words got to be spelled right. Capitalization matters. Okay. Sure. Punctuation matters. That's syntax, right? And in Scratch, all you have to do is make sure those little blocks fit together, like they snap together like a Lego. Yeah, for anybody who hasn't seen Scratch, Scratch is a graphical uh, kind of drag and drop uh, language where you can't make any syntax mistakes. I mean, you can make programming mistakes, but you can't make any syntax mistakes. So it's really great for kids. I mean, um, they don't have to be, they can do this without even knowing how to type. Cool. Right. Yeah, it's very easy. I love it. Right. But you were asking, what is code? What is code? Okay. But can we go back a second? What? I'm a little confused with what's the operating system and what the processor is. Oh, good question. Good question. 
so, so I think that might come, that's a little bit more about the computer. So maybe we go back a little bit more about the computer. Well, yeah. I mean, the processor is a piece of hardware that, again, to go back to what we said, understands machine code. Um, again, you have a language. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about is um, compiler. A compiler is just a, not a simple word, but it's a word that means changing the English program, English-like program, into machine code. So it gets converted. So it's more like a converter, right? So you need to have the code converted. And then, so that's the first thing you do. You write the code, then it gets converted, and then eventually that processor is going to be able to understand it. But now you're bringing up this thing called the operating system. Yeah, you I'm a little confused. Yeah, what's the difference? So the difference is... Like, what does the operating system do? I thought the processor was the operating system. Ah, good question. So think of the processor as a dedicated piece of hardware. And think of the operating system as a traffic cop. And many computers have many things going on at the same time. Um, Lots of windows opened at once. I'm guilty. <laughs> there you go. Very guilty. All <laughs> right. So... You know, I haven't get, found a limit yet. Oh, good for you. I know. You're lucky. Um, I, you know, we have all these fancy computers now. I mean, the, the computing power we have today is amazing. And you've got these multiprocessors that multiple cores that are all running at the same time. But let's just say, and those are sophisticated operating systems that, uh, well, which you have on your desktop. Um, but to make it straightforward, um, if you had a, what we call a single-threaded operating system, system, which means only one thing can happen at a time, you have to have like a, a traffic cop or uh, an adult in the room that decides which piece of code is going to be running, right? And then so everybody wants to run, right? But guess what? We can't all run at the same time. That's right. And that's what the operating system does. Is it does operating system? That's does even many. if they allow running. Right, if you're allowed to run. Oh. In the building, of course. Oh, no, no running in the building. Um, so let's say something's running and it's a, it's a, you know, a browser, right? And then all of a sudden somebody else wants to run. Maybe there's a piece of code that's listening to the network that wants to run on that processor. Well, the operating system is the traffic cop that says, okay, hold your horses, Mr. Browser. You're going to wait for a second. And we're going to swap everything out, and then we're going to swap in the network guy, girl, whatever, and they're going to run. And so it's the operating system does this swapping in and out of, of code, right? And then it gives everybody everybody to take everybody get takes turns, and we can do a whole another show on operating systems. Ah, <laughs> if you want to do that, I think that's a good idea. What's the um, most popular operating system? Well, you know what it is. I do know. Humor me. Uh, well, why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> why? So I mean, Windows. It, Windows is the most popular operating system out there. Sure, of course. Right. How did it become so big, so popular? Or is that a whole podcast in itself also? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't. I mean, there, I mean the history of computing is pretty interesting, but uh, I mean... 
I mean, that's the Bill Gates story, right? So how did Microsoft take over the world? Uh, and then you have people that study that in grad school for their MBA as, to, as a case study. You know, how did Microsoft do this? But um, I don't know the answer. So Another podcast. Well, Come yeah. back to us with the answer on another day. Yeah, why? Do you have something there that I'm supposed to know? Nope. <laughs> nope, I made it up. <laughs> Uh, What's another popular operating system? Well, you got Apple, right? Yes, Apple. Apple. Well, you seem pretty excited about Apple. I like Apple. Okay, lots of people do. And they pay a big premium liking Apple. That's true. And Apple, Apple really changed the world. So, so but the other operating system is, uh, there's another really popular operating system, but now that we talk about Apple, Apple brought us the iPod, right? Right. And then they brought us the first basically iphone mm-hmm. and that was the first smartphone but on the and most recently apple has brought me my new apple watch oh you want to do a whole show on the apple watch not really i'd like to listen to a whole show on the apple watch <laughs> okay yeah. we'll get somebody. i love my apple watch yeah we'll get somebody else to do the uh the apple watch show uh we'll have to listen to that one but uh but going where i'm going is android right so Android is a huge operating system, meaning meaning market share, you know, because uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but let's say Apple owns 20% of the, of the mobile phone uh, market share. Well, basically, Android owns the other 80% minus a couple other products. But, but Android, the, the, you know, the difference between the Apple and the Android. The no. big, the big. No, I, mean, the I big, don't. I, the the only difference I know is an Apple can be the Apple operating system can be on a computer, but Android is only on phones. Right. So Apple has this you know holistic or you know approach where every everything looks the same, right? So it looks right. like you know that's what makes are, it so easy. Yeah, I mean they're, they're technically different operating systems, but they're all they're all called the same thing, iOS. Uh, but the big difference with Android is Android runs on a ton of devices, hundreds of different devices, where Apple only runs on their own family. Does Android also run on computers? Uh, maybe there's simulators, I'm sure, but uh, okay. but, but not not that I know. I mean, really, what you're, you know, this is all Google Android. So Google's, you know, Google's uh, lap computer operating system is Chrome. Right. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. That's how it's connected. Right. All right. Right. So that was a lot of info. Right. Yeah. It was. So what are you thinking now? Have we have we exhausted our... Well, we our- talked about the computer. We talked a little bit about code. We talked a little bit about languages. We talked a little bit about the processors, the operating system. You know, what about external devices? Oh, you know what you know what the name is for an external device? An external device? <laughs> there you go. Peripheral. I can't even say it. Peripheral. I don't even think I could spell it either. That, that would be a good spelling bee word, peripheral. Yeah, it would be. Right. Yeah, a peripheral sure. is, is anything. It's a printer, a network, uh, you know. Hey Siri, scanner. how do you spell peripheral? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your that's your go to, right? Yeah. Your answer. So uh, good question. You know, peripherals are external. You know, uh, what are external devices? Printers, 
and there's tons of things. Um, you know, we were going to talk about coding. We keep getting uh, kind of distracted on these uh, hardware things, but I guess that's it's all important. It's all related. Yeah, for our first podcast, sure. Well, you got to get down the basics. Well, plus there's code on all this stuff. I mean, some of the point of this this dialogue here about totally code is it's totally everywhere. <laughs> it's you know the peripheral that printer has got a ton of code on it you know your usb so a usb everything connects with the usb so the usb connector in your machine has a good amount of code on it and if you you know um i I bring it up because it's it's universal it's the universal serial bus right so it's i didn't know that yeah usb you know all these acronyms actually have words with them I did know that. I just didn't know what they were. Right. And so that's the tricky thing. With anywhere. Anywhere you are, these acronyms. Sure. Um, But USB is... I love when people just talk in acronyms. And you're like writing them all down like, oh, I now know shorthand. (laughs) When really, I don't know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you sound like you know a lot. So, uh, but the universal serial bus, I mean, I bring it up because it's used for everything. We're using it today for our microphones. And um, it, it, it originates from, a, I believe, a nine-pin, yeah, I think it was a nine-pin uh, cable that was called the serial cable. And then uh, we, uh, I had friends of mine I worked with that would write the drivers for the serial bus. Um, for dedicated applications so that serial bus is it's got a long history you could do again you could do a whole nother show on the usb that'd be good yeah. because who doesn't know about a usb right so it's called the universal serial bus right, right. gotcha okay right. right so that's a lot of stuff i don't know um not bad for our first go at it. No, you, not at you, all. Did you have other questions or kind of had anything you wanted to kind of wrap up with? No, I think I think we had a great uh, podcast for our first day out for our Hello World. Yeah, this is our Hello World episode. So I think with that, what would you say? I'd like to thank our audience for listening today to Totally Code. Totally Code. And I'm going to say... Goodbye, world. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us today. And just as a side note, this episode was brought to you by Code Ninjas of Midland Park, where kids have fun and parents see results. Children from the ages 7 to 14 are provided with the opportunity to learn and develop computer coding skills. The center offers many different services ranging from in-center learning, virtual learning, after-school enrichment, day camps, virtual camps, birthday parties, and much more. To reserve your spot, call today 201-888-1234 or learn more about Code Ninjas at www. CodeNinjas.com